Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. guys, it's Wednesday and you already know what it is. A new episode of Chasing the Frame today and I'm with Frank Trombetti. Frank, how are you? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm great. I can't complain. It's uh, Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, before we uh, get into the cast, I just want to thank everyone for listening. And remember, if you are a Patreon member, we have three different tiers for you to listen to the podcast. Basically, the low-end tier gives you the podcast three days before it airs. The middle tier gives you it five days before it airs. And that top tier gives you the next week's podcast today, which is pretty awesome, I think. Uh, if you're not a listener, if you're not a Patreon member, it's okay, too. I appreciate you for listening and sharing this episode and all that good stuff, so I can't really complain at all about you guys. I, I just thank everyone, everyone, everyone who's listening. Um, so let's get to it. Who's ready to chase frames today? So, Frank, first question to you, like I ask everyone on this podcast, is where are you from? Yeah, I'm from New Jersey, and I primarily work right outside of the New York area. Okay. Um, uh, what was it? The second question I have for you is, what was the film, TV show, or actor, or you know, maybe piece of media that got you going, like, I want to do this for the rest of my life? Um, to be honest with you, I would say that it, it's more of, I guess, the projects my mother was working on. Okay. She worked in a lot of, so it wasn't a specific movie, TV show, mm-hmm. or actor, but I grew up with my mother working on a lot of pharmaceutical videos, doing production oh. for, for private companies, and I would be brought along, and I even acted in some of her, um, like a Tylenol commercial, oh, and cool. just being around the production, that's really what inspired me to get into this. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So what was that like being, how old were you when that, when you're going to your, with your mom doing those things? Were you like very young, like kind of like, you know, two to seven or, you know, was it like growing up still from like two to, you know, height 18 or whatever it is? Like what, like what was that time frame and time, you know, time like? It was, it was pretty much through my, my whole childhood. I remember the first project I was ever invited on was I had to have been about, six years old and my mother was working on a Tylenol safety video. So it's not a commercial for Tylenol that would air on TV, but it was more of 
how to safely um, give Tylenol to your child. And I was a little child actor. And my line was, I ran down the stairs. Um, I went to run out the door and my, my mother in the commercial mm. pretty much said, um, you forgot your lunch. And then I ran up to her. I said, oops, I forgot. Thanks mom. Grabbed my lunch, ran out the door. So, um, that was the first little thing I worked on. And then on different projects she have, she'd invite me and I would sit outside the door of wherever they were filming yeah. and tell people passing to be quiet or not let people in the door help and carry equipment. Look at you, um, production assistant. Yes. So that, those are the kind of things I worked on. But yeah. that, that ranged from middle school throughout high school. That's awesome. So like in uh, middle school and high school, did you go around with friends? Did you have like a camera? Did you go around with friends like making films or um, any of that nature? Oh, yes, absolutely. We, um, You know our generation. We grew up with the, the Jackass TV show yeah, yeah, and yeah. – uh, so everyone jumped on that bandwagon. And of course we did too, um, just running around the neighborhood, yeah. skateboarding, filming our little tricks that we did. Um, so that pretty much started out how I, I probably was filming, yeah. running around, having fun, doing things like that. But never, I don't think I started narratives until really college. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't do any narrative based videos did you have uh because a few people i've talked to on this podcast had film production in high school did you have that opportunity to if in your high school that they, they have that class yeah so in high school we did have uh the product production yeah. i never ended up taking it oh, okay. i took film studies mm. and i went more of the the direction of we had graphic design mm. at that time i wanted to be a game designer to oh, be cool. honest with you i wanted to go into video games that's awesome. And yeah, so I, I was taking what I could. We had graphic design. We had some programming classes. And um, there's one more. I'm, I'm not remembering, but that's, that's, those are the type of digital multimedia classes that I ended up taking. I won't lie. At the time. I'm jealous of everyone who had like a, a awesome like creative like stance in high school of like classes because I had none of that except drama class in high school. So I'm jealous of all, what, all you people. Where, which region of the state were you from? North, central, south Jersey? Uh, I was in central. So I was, I went to, um, so I'm, I'm, I live in, I lived in Sarahville my whole life, but in high school I went to Bishop Bar in Edison. Um, oh. so yeah, like I just never, like they never had that, you know, type of media, like or a film production class or something like that. They had, you know, they had like a, I think they had like a newspaper class or whatever, like doing the school newspaper and like they had drama. But other than that, that was like really the only two things I can think of besides music and art. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting because Sayreville, isn't that a pretty big town? Yeah. It's a big town. I don't even know how with the high school, if the high school has that because like the, the, it's so big. It was like the reason why my parents didn't want me to go to Sayreville high school was like the, the ratio was like, like five to one, I think five class, like, kids or like it was a pretty high ratio like you know classrooms to teachers so like you'd be 32 mm -hmm. kids in the classroom like one teacher or something like that so they want me like to have that education not be like helped out more i guess so look where i am now yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um <Vegas>. yeah <laughs> so um when you get to college then let, let so what did you want to do when did you figure out you want to do visual arts 
in the sense in college? Like, did you when did you I guess transition from game designer wanting to do that to like video or visual arts in college? Yeah, so my college choice was um, a little bit silly when I when I think back. I should have I did want to do game design. Um, I got accepted to South Carolina, and they oh, just wow. had a game design program that they just started. And I thought about going there. Um, I applied to Rutgers Mm -hmm. for Mason gross. And then the other schools, the school of arts and sciences. Um, I got rejected by school of arts and sciences. I got accepted by Mason gross because I sent my graphic design portfolio and I guess they liked it. Um, but the reason I chose it is because my best friend was going and I was like, Oh, I'm sure Rutgers has something in their art school that I can figure out and use for game design. Yeah. So rather than going to a school that had a program specifically for it, I went to a school simply because my best friend was going and I wanted <laughs> to be in a dorm room with him. And when I got into Mason Gross, I was like, man, there's, there's nothing for game design here. I mean, I could kind of take the graphic design and make that work for me. Yeah. But, um, and then I, I can't remember, didn't, when we get in, got in there in the beginning, we marked off which concentration we wanted to go into. Uh, um, I don't remember because to be honest, I transferred into Mason Gross because I went to uh, Kane University uh, my first year and then I transferred to Rutgers my second year. So I don't remember. Oh, I know exactly. I yeah, fun fact. Fun fact yeah. about me today. <laughs> so yeah, and then um, yeah, based on my past and with my the experience I had with my mother, I was like, all right, let's go into visual arts yeah. and took some visual arts classes. We started to learn Adobe After Effects, mm-hmm. and I kind of felt the connection between doing those After Effects and yeah. video games because you're creating your own effects. I was never a big cameraman. I never felt that I was, I was good with in the field or good with the the technology and all that. So I was more editing. I loved editing on final cut pro. I loved, um, I didn't get into Adobe premiere until later because we learned, we were taught in final cut, Pro. but the, the editing was great. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can hear my dog. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> in the back barking, but um, yeah. And then I just started taking those classes, and I liked it. And I'm like, this is where I'm at. And this is where I'm gonna filter through. So, because uh, I, I mean, you're the first person from Rutgers I've talked to, and someone in the visual arts department. So, like, what what was like um, your your first, I guess, uh, experience, not experience, but like, what was your first thoughts when you took video one A? Like, because when I when I took it. I was like, what the fuck is this class? Like, honestly, I was like, um, experimental media? What? <laughs> I thought, I'm like, I won't be telling stories. I guess I was a little pretentious. Oh, so, so uh, to understand, which which class specifically did you say? I said video 1A. Oh, yeah. The first yeah. video class. Okay. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, no, uh, that's fine. <laughs> I, I'm on board with you completely because in my mind, I'm thinking um, cinematography. I'm yeah. thinking putting movies together, learning narratives. And, and we get in there and we're watching all these abstract videos yeah. and art. Um, there was one weird one that I think it took place somewhere in South America that they showed us. And I remember this guy is wearing a diaper and I'm like, what the oh, heck is the going on? Yes, that, that's what I, it was. That's gotta be. You know, it's funny. I love that movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I found it I'm at sure. Best Buy. I found it at Best Buy. You one actually day. found it. Yeah, wow. and I bought it at Best Buy for like thirty bucks on Blu-ray, and I was like, "This is the best gift to myself ever." <laughs> yeah, I, no, I. Yeah. I, yeah, go I, ahead. I watch it at least once a year, and I exa- re-examine my whole life, and I'm like, "Oh my god, oh my. what am I doing?" Yeah, that just seeing that was like, "Oh, what am what am I?" into right yeah, now what's going on exactly what i said to the first time i saw it i was like what the fuck is this shit <laughs> <laughs> exactly but um no then then as we're going through it and examining it i'm like this, yeah. is, this is a cool perspective these are very interesting things and ideas mm-hmm. to to look at and i'm still learning how to edit yeah i mean i'm not i was like i said i wasn't worried about the narratives i yeah. wasn't worried about um, light. I think we did, I think one class, mm-hmm. which is three hours long was about our classes. I believe. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, maybe we did lighting one class. Yeah. Maybe we went over how to use a video camera one class. Yeah. And that was it. That's basically um, what it was. Yeah. Now, now it's all coming back to me. I kind of like forgot about some of that stuff, but now talking to you, I'm like, Oh yeah, he's right. It was only like one hour of like, uh, like showing us how to do three point lighting, and that was it. Or like, you know, hey, this is the camera. This is the camera you'd be using. This is how it works. Okay. <laughs> exactly, and then they they send you out, and they want you to to make something yeah. with whatever idea you have. Now, for someone who wants to be a movie um, camera operator or whatever mm-hmm. they want to do in the future, that might be concerning. Or yeah. I think it should be concerning that that's all the experience you're getting. Just a little. But for me, yes. But for me, um, I was getting the, we were doing a lot more editing and post-production. Yeah. So I was getting that experience and I was completely fine with it because I knew that's where I wanted to to go down that road. Um, But yeah. And then I, then just going out and filming Mm -hmm. our own little projects, the, the one excuse that you have is when you when you show up into that class and you have a video and you show it to everyone and it's it's a shitty video or it's put together like shit, no one can say anything because it's art and it's yeah. not cinematography. Yeah. You can be like, no, 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 this is you see this what I was going for here or this is this meaning. <laughs> Time to bullshit yourself. <laughs> yes, and sometimes you would have the teacher tell you, "Oh, I really like what you did there," and I'm, you're like, "Ah, yes, indeed, of course." So, and in the back of your um, head, you're like, "Oh my god, what?" <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, initially it was shocking, and then yeah. you got used to it, and then I enjoyed it. I enjoyed our teachers too; they're great. Yeah, they're, they were great. I love, I love all my teachers. I, I appreciate all of them. After, like, like I appreciate them more now, like being out of college and I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, I wish I could go back sometimes and like kind of relive a little bit of those like earlier video classes. Cause I like knowing what I know now and like, you know, just like understanding experimental cinema and having like more of a like um, appreciation for it. I'm like, oh, I was such an asshole. <laughs> well, you can master yeah. degree. Yeah, that, no, that's true. I could, I could, but I don't think they take the same people going back like I, I think I asked um whoever that oh. find that person was I'm like so what if I want to get my master's degree can I come back here they're like no we really don't want you to like go to the same school for your master's degree kind of I think they told me so I was like oh okay oh. 
Because I was like thinking about being an adjunct. I wanted to be like, a, you know, doing the thing where all the masters were doing like school, like teaching you. Like, yeah. So I was like, oh, that'd be awesome. But then I was like, mm, yeah, that's kind of disheartening to know that you don't really want to take back the people that got a bachelor's degree here. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the case across the board. I my sister's doing a doctorate in school of psychology oh, wow. and they're not allowed to work. She's at um, Florida state university. They're not allowed to come back mm. to work in the Florida district. They yeah. want them to take what they learned and spread it out. And that's a part of their agreement upon yeah. accepting the program. Oh, wow. So yeah, a lot of schools tend to be like that. That's that sucks actually. I feel like, but anywho, what was your favorite project during that? What was your fa- couple favorite favorite projects during that time? Like in video one class or video two class, video three, whatever. Tell me, tell me, what was your favorite projects? Oh man, I have to think back. Um, my favorite project specifically. Well, generally speaking, I loved all the projects really because <laughs> it was a chance to to film stuff again with yeah. my friends and I'd, I'd come back to Northern New Jersey and everybody was excited to participate and everyone was excited to come together and we'd share our ideas and put yeah. it together. Um, one of my favorite videos was uh, ghost hunters. We did a ghost hunters video. Okay. Um, like a spoof off the show. Yeah, pretty much a okay. spoof off the show. That's awesome. um, because because you know how there's the aspects of the class where where you have the freedom to make whatever thing that you're making, but we also got assignments yeah. with specific um, specific things we had to cover. For yeah. example, this project was an After Effects project, which okay. is why it was one of my favorites. It's when we first started learning how to use After Effects, and um, the teacher with the mohawk—I can't remember his name—he he, kind of dressed like a punk. Uh, rocker guy. Do you remember that guy? Well, well I just remember younger. I remember uh, the only teacher I had teachers I had was um Tim Warner, Matt Posey. Tim, that's it. Oh, Tim. It was Tim. Okay. Yeah. It was Tim. Um and it was learning after effects and my friend on this property had this old horse barn and we have this story. He has this story. He claims that the area used to be some old speakeasy. The owner of the speakeasy during the depression hung himself in that horse barn. Okay. So we always growing up thought it was haunted. Um, then you watch these ghost hunter shows and it, it's just hilarious there. You see them, uh, shit talking the ghosts, like show you, if you know, if you're a tough guy, show yourself. Yeah. It's just a ridiculous thing. Um, so we went through that. Um, we went through that horse barn, filmed a, basically filmed a spoof, and I got to play with the After Effects. And I remember the first After Effects, the ghost because it was around Thanksgiving. The ghost yeah. was a raw turkey, <laughs> so we set up a raw. We we got a, a raw chicken because I couldn't afford a turkey, but we said it was a turkey. Um, I attached it. The climax was the interaction with the ghost. Yeah. They enter the room. This turkey is on a string, and I pull it across the room. And the way my friend defeats it is he shoots a lightning bolt out of his ass and blows up the turkey. So that was 
my my special effect that that yeah. was a part of the assignment was having that lightning bolt shoot out of his his ass and cook the turkey. So, <laughs> Do you have that on YouTube at all? You know, I don't, oh. I don't, I have, I do have some videos on YouTube, but I can't, I'll see if I can find it. Cause okay. a bunch of my videos disappeared. I oh, still shit. have all my, my mini DV mm. tapes. Yeah. But I, again, I have nothing to play them on. I'd have to buy a camera or a deck oh, shit. that yeah. that allows mini DV. But a lot, you're not the first person. A lot of my other friends are like, whatever happened to the ghost hunters video? Yeah. So oh, okay. I'll, I'll see if I can it up. Yeah, I would have loved to put that in the show notes, uh, you know, the, the description to have that video linked so people can see that as well. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. I'll see. I'll see if I can find it. I don't know if I'll be able to. It might be gone forever. Yeah. So, um, when I met you in video 3A or 3B, 3A class, 3A and 3B that whole year, you were, uh, you were into Kurosawa and all that stuff, and like, when did you, when did that love, I guess, like uh, liking of Kurosawa come into play? Because if I'm, if I remember correctly, you like Kurosawa, right? Kurosawa. Yeah. So, I, I got into Kurosawa in, in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always interested in Japanese culture. Yeah. Prior to that, I remember the first sushi place opening up. I mean, the, the reason this is coming up eventually, it's going to build up to my career in Japan yep. for. But, don't take, don't, don't uh, break, you know, bury the lead. <laughs> yeah. So my, my interest in Kurosawa yeah. started with, um, with my interest in Japan overall. Then we got into Rutgers and I believe we were required to take core classes. Japan. I decided to take Japanese language. Um, did you take a language course by chance or not? Uh, I don't think, no, I don't think so. I don't think I had to. Okay. Yeah, but we had these core classes that we had to cover, and um, based on my interest in Japanese culture in the past, I was like, oh, let's take a Japanese class, and yeah. that led to Japanese film study. There was a Japanese film study class that I took in oh, Rutgers as well. That's cool. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, and we went over, we watched a bunch of Kurosawa films, mm-hmm. we watched a bunch of other Japanese directors. Um and I was like, wow, these are really good. The way these stories are t- told. Yeah. And they have this abstract feel to them that's different from Hollywood. There's a different element there yeah. than what we're used to seeing. Uh, now I know that to be heavily cultural. Yeah. But I was like, this is unique. I want to try to film in this style. Mm-hmm. So I started to bring that into my projects at Rutgers. Yeah. Um, um, I had, I remember one of them, I had this, this mask and I did this project again in that horse barn. We used that horse barn and it yeah. was, Oh, was that your thesis that you did? Cause like with the mask or is this is a precursor to that whole thesis or was this your thesis? You're talking that, about? that This was a precursor to that. Thesis. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That mask was in that. Um, but I followed this story, mm-hmm. uh, where this guy in the mask ultimately runs into this I like to say monk but it kind of wasn't a monk and I had the, I used again after effects I was effect heavy mm. and I had this monk and these big bulging eyes and I, I really don't remember exactly what I was going for at that time but I guess I was just trying to film in in that style yeah Kurosawa yeah um 
yeah, I was just very interested in it. And I like yeah. the way he shot. Another thing that I, I saw is a lot of Japanese films, they have these borders on the edge mm-hmm. and the, the video is in the middle of this border. Yeah. And it, and a lot of the time the border will be a map or the border will be, um, like a theme of let's say flowers and that will put whatever you're filming in that setting. So if there's flower border, maybe you'll feel like it's in the springtime setting. Oh. Or for example, I set the map border in Japan, mm-hmm. but I was filming in New Jersey in a horse barn. So that map, having that map border with the Japanese and everything, it could have, well, I personally felt like it put it into that Japanese setting a little mm-hmm. bit more by having that border. Yeah. And then you you play with the border. I would play with the border and, and animate it, but animate it very subtly so you barely noticed it and gave a distorting effect. Then everyone at the end, I showed them where the edits were, and I remember everyone's like, oh, man, I didn't even realize that was happening. But yeah. I wanted it to add that subtle distortion to the viewer at that time. Yeah, that, but yeah, Kurosawa's great. Yeah, and thanks to you, I actually started watching some of his films later on. Like when I came to Vegas, and like uh, the Criterion. I don't know if you ever heard of the Criterion Collection. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, so very they, expensive. Yeah, very expensive. And, and also, they have like a fifty percent off sale during the, this time of the year, basically around oh. like Novemberish, like half off. So like I, I bought like a what was it? Um, I don't have much of Kurosawa, but like I bought Ikira. I think that's how you say it. Or oh. Ikita. Ikita, yeah. My friend still has it. I still haven't finished watching it. I was like, yo, you gotta watch this movie, and he never gave it back to me yet so far. So I'm I'm a little upset with him still. Yeah, that's that's a pretty, like, you think about that time period yeah. and the subject matter of that. It's pretty deep. Yeah, it um, is. I mean, I saw, like, the first, like, 10, 20 minutes, and then, like, my friend came over, and I was, like, giving a whole bunch of movies to watch, and, like, that was one of them. And then he still hasn't given me a whole bunch of movies back. So I think he still has my Sword of Doom also. Different director, though. Stop it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. My dog is like, he's, he gets upset when no one's paying attention oh. to him. I'm sorry, puppy. So he's jealous. He's jealous of oh. you right now. I have a boxer. He's about a year and two months. Oh, that's but, adorable. <laughs> but back to... Um, yeah, back to Kurosawa. Yeah, he's that that story specifically. It's great, and it's definitely a movie that if you lend it out to your friends, you might yeah. not see it. I know. Again. I I have to be on his ass a few more times about it. I'm gonna be like, "Yo, dog, yeah. you gotta give me this stuff back. <laughs> I want my movies." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, question for you, because this is, um, were you like the only person in video in your thesis class? when we were doing the thesis and like exhibit uh, class for, like that last semester where it was like mm-hmm. the show your stuff. Like I was the only, I felt like I was the only video person in that class and like people didn't understand me. Who else? We, we were in the same thesis. Oh, we, we were. Yeah, we were actually, I'm sorry. We were I, in the same. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I just blanked out on my whole, like, cause I just remember like no one understood like video people. And I was like, no one understands me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we we were definitely on the fringe of the visual arts. We were a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of other people were probably more abstract than us. Yeah. I feel we were more grounded in in the mainstream. Yeah. Heavy. Um, but 
Yeah, heavy petting. I was, I, I, no, we changed it. We changed it to I Spy, I thought. Oh, we did? I thought it was heavy yeah, petting. Yeah, it got, no, it got changed to I Spy at the end. Oh, it did? At the last minute. Yeah, I have, I still have that, like, card that says it. It's, oh, it was shit. I Spy, I'm pretty sure. But we also had another video person who was, he was very into the environment. Um, I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, yeah. It started with a C. Oh, uh, yeah. He had um, dreadlocks. Costa? Costa? Costa, Costa or Costa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was in our group. Um, but he was really art. Like, I remember. He was really hardcore. I feel like he was, like, also into art, really. Like, like he, he had an understanding of the art, I guess, when we were, I guess, I don't know, maybe this is me speaking about me in, in a general sense, but, like, you know, I was more of a narrative-based person in the sense of, like, traditional, like, thinking of films. Yes, so, yes. You, I remember your videos were definitely more narrative-based yeah. than than that abstract yeah. uh, contemporary stuff, but, yeah, he was in our thesis, and yeah. then I can't remember who else was, but was it, was, was that it? Just the three of us? It might have been just the three of us because I remember. Uh, no, I, was Ted in it? There was too? a group that. What's that? Ted. I'm trying to think if Ted was in it. Oh yes, Theodore. Yeah. I remember. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we had a couple of us in there. Yeah, it just felt like I, I mean, I guess because I just have bad memories of that thesis class and like just the one dude who was a douchebag who was like uh, hipster Obi Wan. Hipster Obi Wan. He had the I fucking Obi Wan rat tail, dude. Oh my god! Yes, I remember that. Yeah, he was. I'm like, he was just a fucking hipster douchebag, and I'm like, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to try to talk bad about people, but like, just trying to remember, like, college. He's probably a nice guy, but like during this, co- I'm talking about college, so like, he was yeah. just a, he just seems so like pretentious about art. Yeah, yeah. Some people, I guess, you know. People yeah. like the flex, no matter what field they're in. Yeah, he's the one who came up with the heavy petting idea too. Originally, remember? I hated that name. Yeah, I'm I, so I glad all, it got changed. I'm so yeah. I just remember as having pe- heavy petting. I don't remember I spy. See how that's how much of a blur that whole like thing was yeah. to me. Oh, and we had Morgan. Morgan too. Do you remember him? No, I don't remember Morgan. No, you don't remember. Uh, oh well, but anyway, yeah, yeah. that was. That whole thesis, that was fun. Um, yeah. I I set up, I don't know if you remember what I, I did, but that was after, that thesis occurred after my study abroad in Japan. Okay. So my, my I was actually a fifth year senior oh, okay. because I double majored in Japanese. And my actual senior year, I studied abroad in Japan for a year. Oh, okay. What was uh, that like? That was awesome. I loved it. Nice. Which is why uh, in the future I moved back there. But yeah. the experience was unbelievable. I lived in Kyoto for a full year. It was during the whole uh, 311 Fukushima disaster. Okay. So I remember Rutgers was scrambling to try and get us back, but they ended up allowing us to stay and people were getting pulled out of the university. But what a beautiful country. Mm-hmm. I had my little video camera. Um, I was filming everything that I could and some of the footage that I filmed while I was over there studying the language. I was over there to study the language. um, I used in my thesis. I think, Um, I think I remember you. um, What was it? I think I remember you. Weren't you also showing us that in like class in general? Because I think I remember you doing that as well. 
the footage that you had from Japan? Yes, yes. Yeah. I I was I was using my stock. I yeah. I filmed so much, and I would just try and throw uh, B roll in there because yeah. primarily what I was taking was just the the area. Yeah, I didn't have people to film. I didn't have um like narrative set up. Yeah. yeah. Was just filming the area, filming my experience, and then I would take that and implement it into my stories. Gotcha. And then, yep. uh, and then, like, did you learn more cinema studies of Japan when you were in Japan? That made no sense, but it, yeah. Um. Or was it just like you know, just full like um? I guess I I don't know the um Japanese like major, so I, I don't really know what to say properly to uh, ask. I don't want to be like, did you learn more about the culture? I guess you just learned more about the culture in that regard, or the language, or... So it's a mix of both, and the degree... My major... So we have our visual arts major, and yeah. then the other bachelor that I got is called East Asian Languages and Area Studies with oh. a concentration in yeah. Japanese language. That is, that is a mouthful. Yeah, oh yeah. So usually I just tell people Japanese. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> it is the study of the culture along with the language. So yeah. there is a certain amount of language classes you have to take to graduate and as long as well as cultural classes, yeah. which included some of those Japanese film classes that yeah. I took movie classes. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was over there, I did watch my share of TV. Mm-hmm. A lot of what I watched was sumo wrestling because <laughs> at the time I didn't speak well Japanese, but I could watch, I didn't speak Japanese well, but I could watch sumo and understand what's going on. Okay. You don't really need to speak it to, to enjoy it. Um, and, uh, I started watching dramas and that's where I got the idea for those borders. And I saw a lot of Japanese traditional shows had those borders Mm -hmm. on them that I was talking about. Yeah. So that inspired me, um, in my film, Mm -hmm. the experience inspired me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great time. So back to the States, do a thesis class as a fifth year senior. And then what was the next step after you graduated with that visual arts degree? What did you, what did you do? I was enamored with Japan. I I wanted to get back. I wanted to get back at all costs. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved it there for that year. Um, I met my current wife who was my girlfriend at Mm -hmm. the time over there and I wanted to get back. So I applied to what's called the jet program, which is teaching English in Japan. Oh, so awesome. I completely said goodbye to the to the whole video scene. Yeah. And um I while I was waiting for that, mm-hmm. I did some part-time jobs, got accepted, flew back to Japan, started teaching English. Yeah. Realized, wow, this is really easy. It's great. I'm making a good amount of money, but it's not fulfilling at all. Yeah. So I took some online certifications, went back to game design okay, and learned how to um, work in Maya, how to do all these different programming and got a certification certification in game design. Yeah. That, that's and, awesome. Yeah. And then I realized a lot of these effects and after effects and special effects that I'm learning mm-hmm. can also be used in video as well. Yeah. And I knew it was time to move on from teaching English. Again, during all this time, I'm filming. I'm filming my experience. I remember I was on my skateboard going down the mountainside filming. Um, so at no point did I 
I stop mm-hmm. working on that. Yeah, yeah. Now, when um, you when you learn game design, if I may ask too, like, what was it like going into that mindset? Like, especially like, I know you wanted to do game design, and then you kind of, you veered off that path with uh, you know video production in that sense, and then you go back to game design. So you kind of go full circle in, in a sense. But like, did was it in? I think you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but if you could elaborate, like, was it easy to transition from? From like I guess you did After Effects in the Maya was it like the same kind of um, program in that regards was it just e- like easy to pick up was it like harder to pick up what but what was it what was that experience like doing that whole game design thing for your certificate? Um, I, I think it was a, a decent transition. Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy by any means, but for example. In Adobe After Effects, when you're animating a scene, mm. there's a lot of keyframes, and that's how you do these moves. And you're working with masks yeah. and um, that that sort of element. And then it's similar. And in Maya, when you're animating, you're working with similar things. So mm. you you have the mind for it. But as you know, with any program, you have to to learn how that program operates. Yes. But if you have a good sense for it it's not so bad once you memorize the the different options and the different um, features of that, mm. that application. So it wasn't bad. I was motivated. Yeah. Um, I was trying anything I could to, to get out of teaching English, but also yeah, you're I, very, I had a blast. Also, you're in a very like uh, heavy gaming world in that regard too, if I'm not mistaken with Japan. Oh yeah. And um, I, I, started learning I started mastering my Japanese and I started translating mm-hmm. for video games. Oh shit, that's awesome. And, and that's when I started to realize uh, I'm better off getting into the game industry translating video games than I am working with these softwares because some of these people who do these softwares are unbelievable yeah. and I couldn't imagine myself like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get to their level. Um so I got to figure out another way in and then once I'm in I'll try to work it to that level was yeah. my plan. Okay. And how that plan go? Oh, I was getting in there. I was getting, I, I moved to Tokyo. Mm. Um, I've gotten multiple projects. I was networking. I yeah. worked for, I worked for some game companies at Tokyo game show. Okay. Um, that was, that was a blast. Um, so it was really working out, but yeah. I, I decided you know, you're away. Japan's pretty far away. And it turned then out Just to be, little. I was over there for four years. Yeah. <laughs> I was over there for four years. I started missing my family. Yeah. I started seeing my, my grandparents and everyone's getting older. And you're like, mm. kind of similar to what you said about Las Vegas. You yeah. said your grandmother passed away and then you're like, all right, okay, now yeah. I can head out. So I decided, all right, I'm going to head back. I can still do what I'm doing yeah. in America because it's all on, on the computer. Yeah. Um, the company I was working for at the time, I was working for a company localizing apps in Tokyo. Okay. Um, what, what's that mean? Localizing apps. I don't, I don't know anything about that. So I mean, even the viewers, I don't know that either. So what is localizing apps? So you need to localize a product for whichever country or region that, that, that that um, object is being released to. Uh, For example, what is appropriate in Japan might not be appropriate in the United States or 
um, something that might be understood in Japan might not be understood in the United States. Uh, a good example of that would be, uh, have you ever watched Pokemon yeah, yeah, like yeah. back in the day? Yes. Um, there is a character in Pokemon called Brock. Yep. And Brock loves donuts in the Pokemon show yeah. in America. Well, he's actually eating rice balls. Someone okay. localized it to donuts because they felt that Americans would not be able to relate to this character eating rice balls. So oh, shit. Didn't similarly, know that. yes. So there, there are all those kind of little cultural things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just translating the language. It's translating the culture. Gotcha. Um, but that's very fascinating. That was like, you have a lot of power. It seems like when that, when that happens, Oh yeah, you you have to be cre- it's not just a direct translation, you have to be creative yourself. You're wow. you want you don't want to separate the voice of a character from what the original creator intended that voice of the character to be, but yeah. you're not going to directly translate what the character said from mm-hmm. Japanese to English because it won't be natural, it will be weird. Yeah. So you have to be able to creatively write as well to to be a good translator for I mean, if you're translating manuals, then no, directly translate all day. It's no problem. But when you're doing video games, movies, cartoons, mm-hmm. um, you have to be somewhat creative. Any big video games you can tell us about that you worked on or uh, shows or anything um, of that nature? No big video games. It was all small apps. Okay. Um, one of, like, like no AAA, all those people they're they're all in house. Um, one game, one app was Ninja Tail. I don't know if it's even up in the app store anymore. Um, there's, I translated for a, a Pearl website. Like just you were grabbing projects any way you could. Gotcha. At the time, um, but yeah, all those AAA games they all have in house translators. Or a lot of them have in house translators if they're. They got a good amount of money, but I didn't. I didn't break through. I was probably knocking on the door of getting there before I decided to come back to the United States. Gotcha. And I just looked up Ninja Tail. It's not on the. It's not in the App Store anymore. That's all. Yeah. So. Yeah, I have on my um. I have my portfolio website, and I think I have it on there. Well, I would love to have that portfolio website, so we can. Put oh, that it was the- tapped. Tap Thief Tail was what it was Tap called. Tap Speed Tail? Yeah, and it's yeah, it's still up there in Japanese. I don't know if the the English version got dropped or not. But let's see, real Tap Speed Tail. Uh, I don't. Oh wait, nope. No, that's Speed Tap Twist. Uh, I don't think. I so. just sent you a oh, link. Okay. I don't know if you can click on links or not uh, while we're doing this. Okay, I see the link. I'm, oh, okay, that's in Japanese. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's not in my store. And also, I don't have. I have Apple, so I'm guessing it's not in the Apple store. It's in the Google. Google no, Play store, no. Yeah. Okay, fascinating. Yeah. That's dope. So you, so you came back to the states, and what year? I moved back in 2016. Okay, and then what did what did you do from there? I was, I came back, I was looking for any job that I could get and utilize my Japanese ability because that was where 
my edge was. So I was looking at Japanese companies. Um, I was looking at Japanese pharmaceutical companies. I remember I got pretty far in the interview stage for Yamaha. Um, that didn't end up working out. But I came across a job application on the website. It said ENG cameraman. Yeah. For a Japanese company. Yeah. And I, I saw ENG and I was like, I was like, English? ENG, English <laughs> cameraman. I was like, I can speak English. Easy. I can do this. <laughs> Easy. So now that sounds ridiculous, yeah. but because I'm in America, you'd assume that everything's in English, but I just came back from Japan so and I was looking like, for Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> you're just a little fuzzy. I, yeah, I, I was like, all right, this Japanese company is looking for a cameraman who can speak English. <laughs> so, um, and now I know what ENG them, stands for. You're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> no idea. No idea at all. Didn't even care to look it up. So I sent them a, uh, I sent them a resume. Mm-hmm. I applied to the job. Then they accepted it and asked for an interview. And it was at that time, I was like, all right, now it's time to research. ENG. Yeah. Uh, electronic news gathering. I was like, uh-oh, what is this? <laughs> and they also said that there was going to be a practical test when I get there for the interview. So there's wow. a, a regular interview and a practical test. Wow. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, so you know, yeah, yeah. time to get on YouTube yeah. is what, I, what ended up happening, and I just had to look up how to use these these cameras because we didn't get the the training. We didn't get the training in these kind of cameras. No, unless we were in the journalism at, at school. Rutgers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I I had no idea. I didn't even know what what was going on with that. Yeah. So, me and you both. That's how. That's because like you know what a voiceot is. I'm like, what a a voiceot? They're like a voiceover and ta- a sound and tape. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go get that. <laughs> you you can tell me those terms. Funny thing is, you can tell me those terms now. Yeah. And I still won't know them. I know all of my video camera yeah. um, jargon in yeah. Japanese. Oh, I don't know it in English. Oh boy. So we won't be able to talk it. at all. <laughs> yeah, so so I went in, I prepared for that interview. Uh-huh. Um I watched YouTube videos how to how to set up a, a news setting, what they do, the timing, mm-hmm. um watched a bunch of news videos to get how how they tell their story. Yeah. Um and I felt I felt confident. I was like as long as I can hit the record button on this thing, I'll be all right. Yeah, that's basically um, what it is. <laughs> In the news. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. You don't have to worry too, too much. No, no. The creativity's out the window, I feel like, half the time. Yeah, I'll say the creativity's out the window in the American news industry. In Japan, they give it to you. Oh, really? But, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and should I should, so, I should do a Japan news? You should watch some. I can send you oh, some yeah. of what I filmed, I think I can. I'm, I'm going to have to double check with yeah, my old is. employer and make sure that I'm allowed. To is it on that. YouTube? I have, no, I have it on my own personal files. I oh, okay. have every single story that I ever filmed for them. Oh, okay. Cause like, I know like our new station has a lot of stuff on YouTube as well. 
people to, people to watch later because we're all about digital now and like the digital world and stuff oh, like that. That's what you mean. Yes, yeah. yes, they do, but but it gets deleted after a certain amount of time. Ah, gotcha. So it, it, stories are uploaded, but I went into that interview. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, long story short, I did the camera test. They liked what I was filming. They said they could tell that I have a sense for for putting the story together, what needs yeah. to be captured to tell a story. So they, it was basically like, all right, um, you have 15 minutes, go outside. We're in, we're in Manhattan now. We're in Midtown. Yeah. Go outside and film a, a story about the weather. No words, just go out with the camera and put together a bunch of shots that would tell us about the weather. So I went out, yep. you know, you got to film. Holy shit. 15 minutes. Cause that's what it is in the news world. Yeah. Got to be quick. Oh yeah. Uh, um, so went out, you know, you have to figure out what you're going to film. People, people yeah. are a main focus. What kind of clothes they're wearing? Um, are the trees, the wind blowing the trees, is yeah. the wind blowing the flag? Um, those kind of things. So yeah. I just put it together a couple of things. They liked it. They said that, you know, they could tell, they said, don't worry about the camera skills. They're more interested in my Japanese ability. They said that it's a lot easier to teach me mm-hmm. camera ability than it is to teach me the Japanese language. So they yeah. saw that my language ability was a huge asset to them and they would train me later. Um, so I ended up getting the job nice. for Fuji TV. Um, did you guys do any live shots at all? Like, did, uh, how'd that work? Like, do you guys go live at all? Like, what was it? Oh, we went we went live all the time. Were you guys using live I, trucks or like the backpacks? We use the backpacks. Those are called live view. Yeah, yeah, live views. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. If, I think maybe there's like different like people that have like different uh you know, companies and there's stuff like a, that. So I know we have live view too. Like a lot of the all the news stations here have live view. I didn't know if it was just one brand that uses one brand that does all the backpacks for every news station out in the world. There, there are different brands. There's Live View is the main one, but yeah. I have seen people with these green backpacks. That's a different company. Okay, I have run into them. I don't remember what the exact name of that one is, but live shots were some of the most exciting and fun things to film. Yeah. Um, the one of the main differences between Japanese news and American news is the reporting. Yeah. Japanese does a thing called action reporting, where American news it's going to be fixed on the reporter. The reporter is the main focus of oh, that report. And oh, oh, you don't know Las Vegas news then in my station because <laughs> we do. No, have, no, I don't. Yeah, we do action news as well then because it's very like if I'm guessing what you're going to say is uh, movement of the camera showing things and you know seeing it in the scene happening. Exactly. That's yeah, exactly that's what, I'm what we have to do. To say. That's 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 what we have to do in our live shots a lot of time. Like I, I mean, I do love a stationary live shot because I like to rather work on the lighting personally myself and give it a little bit more, you know, panache to it. Because like, I think sometimes action news, um, which is funny. That's what my station's called too. 13 action news. Um, you know, there, there's just too many variables. And like, sometimes you're in a, you're on a crime scene four in the morning and you're like zooming in and you're like, I can't really show anything because first <laughs> of all, there's a cop car and it's almost black and I have my iris all the way open. <laughs> Yep. 
So I'm well, well accustomed yeah. to the, the whole element of, unfortunately you're not in a studio. This is not Hollywood. Yeah. You have to deal with the elements around you. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> it's always a fun time. Did but, you, what was your shift? What, what shift did you work? Our, our shifts were, um, there were two cameramen. One of our shifts was nine to six and the other was, uh, 10 to seven. I just, I was like, geez, what was it again? But nine to six, 10 to seven, um, on call one day on the weekend. So one cameraman would be on call Saturday. The other cameraman would be on call Sunday. Mm-hmm. We're not allowed to be more than one hour away from the office unless we special request days off. So even on our weekends, we have to be within one hour of wow. getting into that place and there's only two of us so holy moly that's that's tough it was tough because there's no oh it's a weekend let's go let's go snowboarding in yeah. upstate new york no that's not gonna happen <laughs> this is what the job you signed up for i knew it getting into it that, that that's yeah. what it was you accepted it that's what it is yeah understandable so, um but there's only two of you too as you there's, you say there's only two of you. There's like no nightside person. There's just only like nine to six and ten to seven. We're on call, so the the ten to seven will be on call from seven until I think two a.m. Okay, and then the morning camera, the nine to six will be on call after that until they start their shift in the morning. So yeah. if anything goes down in the middle of the night. Or if you know, as you know, Japan's on completely different time yeah, yeah. zone as us, so their night is our day. Mm. So if they want a live shot for the um, evening news, you're going to be up at three, four in the morning in oh, that boy. studio setting up. Um, <laughs> but you don't fun. need that. There's no evening shift or anything oh, okay. like that. Gotcha. No graveyard. Yeah, that's I mean, that's fascinating. I was always I was always curious of how that worked when I saw like some pictures of you uh, doing that the uh, um, the news. I was like, how's that? How's I'm like, I wonder how that works. I wonder what's different about like you know Japanese news compared to like the American local news and stuff like that. So that, I'm learning so much, especially when knowing that you had two people basically working. <laughs> yeah, and um, we're we have like this partner agreement with a ABC where. Yeah. Um, basically Fuji TV pays ABC a lot of money and they'll have access to um, their footage. They'll have access to when there's a big event, like a Trump, Donald Trump press conference. All all those spots are taken mostly by American media Mm -hmm. and we have an agreement and ABC will get us a spot in that press conference for those big events. Oh, nice. Um, so there's that kind of agreement. And one of the other big differences is we're not allowed to use servo at all on our cameras. You have to go manual with everything, manual focus, manual iris, manual zoom. Oh, wow. Holy moly. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. I never touched the servo. The only time I touched the servo is, is, was if we were filming food. If it was a story about food, yeah. you have to do your close up film of the, of the dish and then, like, you could do a super slow zoom with the servo. But outside of that, no servo. Why couldn't, Not why couldn't you use the servo? They think it looks – they don't – the look of it isn't appealing to them. Uh, is the best way I can describe it. Interesting. They, 
they just don't like it. It's too mechanical. It doesn't feel as if you get a, a good manual zoom, mm. a servo does not feel as smooth as that of a good man. And I understand what they're saying when I, when I look at it, when I look at all the American media and they're during doing these servo zooms with the abrupt stop at the end, you're just like, Ooh, that's kind of harsh. Uh, I get you now. I mean, I'm visually seeing it in my head because that, that happens to me a lot too. Cause like my reporters like, can you push in? I'm like, sure. And then like, there's two things that usually happen. One that my serve, like I'm touching my servo button and it, like, and I'm still like pressing it down. I'm not trying to go fast enough. You know, I'm trying to go a nice, steady pace in, zooming in. And then all of a sudden, like, you're, I'm feeling it go down. And I'm like, oh, shit, it didn't go down all the way. And it, like, has a abrupt stop. And then it keeps going. Yeah. And I'm like, shit. Yeah, exactly. It's it's tough. So. Yeah. yeah. And but and also, if your back focus is messed up, too, which I think mine is, kind of, sort of. Um, that especially when you zoom in without the... If you, I feel like if you're zooming in manually and try, and you... Oh, I, I feel like zooming in manually and doing the focus would be a little difficult for me, or it shouldn't be difficult, but like I feel like I'd have issues with that too because I think I mess up the focus. And if I'm using a servo, I can easily just, I don't know, maybe it's just me overthinking things. <laughs> you you can't set, you're having back focus issues? Uh, I, think I, I think I do. It's really weird. Like sometimes I'm like, all right, this looks good. And then, yeah, I don't know. I have to talk to my boss about it. <laughs> That's got to be the, the camera's fault then because you, once... Once I set the back focus, that yeah. back focus is going to be good unless something bumps. The only times I, I have to readjust the back focus yeah. is if when I go on a business trip and I'm taking the camera apart and it's in the bag. Yeah, I set the back focus when I put it together. But well, yeah, our our camera's always in the car because we're always you know driving around to places and stuff like that. So there's a lot of bumpy roads in Vegas too, and also like um, the macro, I believe, is the back like part of the back focus. So like there's when you zoom in a certain amount on our cameras. Like, you know, it starts, like, getting, you know, out of focus, and I, I'm using the focus ring and stuff like that, and it won't be focused, so I have to fuck around with a back focus or macro or whatever it is, and I'm, like, trying, and that's how I try to get, like, you know, the in focus sometimes to get those very extreme close-ups on stuff. Yes, yes, yes. The, the macro is the way to go sometimes with yeah. those. those I, I think that's what, all, that's what screws me up, where I'm, like, trying to get macro shots, or at least trying to get better shots for a close-up, and I'm like, shit, I kind of ruined my back focus a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the I use the the macro focus when, um, you know how how if you're you're doing the focus, yeah, it almost looks like a mini zoom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you're when you're moving the focus heavy, it, it looks like it does like a little mini zoom kind yeah. of thing. I just do the macro focus on if, if I'm focusing on food i'm doing an in focus out of focus yeah if i don't want to have that mini zoom thing happening i just use the macro to do the focus and then you don't get that yeah, yeah. that mini zoom at all yeah so. gotcha so how many years did you spend at the uh, news station three years i just finished it in august mm -hmm. um but it was a great three years if they if they paid me more money, I would have stayed there for my entire career, to be honest with you. It was oh, a blast. Wow. But the way the Japanese, most Japanese companies work is you're working for the success of the company and you should be wanting to do your best for the company. So, you know, don't worry about your salary. That's, you, that's American news as well. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, I guess yeah. there's more similarities yeah. than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Surprisingly, there's more similarities than what we both thought coming well, into this. Well, to be honest with you, I've never worked for an American company yeah. in my life. See? Yeah. So, so I never I worked for a no Japanese idea. company in my life. So we're on the same page. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So, um, yeah, but it was a great experience. We covered North, yeah. Central, and South America. Any breaking news, mm. we'd go to any one of those regions. Oh, wow. That's Live awesome. shots were a blast. Yeah, the furthest I went was Colombia, South America. Ooh. Um, that must have been that fun and cool dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it was. Luckily, it got one of our stories got pulled, thankfully. They wanted to go in the jungle and film. Um, I can't remember the word for those those military people who are Gorillas? against the government. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's what it would be called. Yeah. They wanted to go in and interview some of them. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be like, no, I'm not good. about that. Yeah, I wouldn't be about that yeah. either. So that story got pulled, and we just ended up focusing on the World Cup because Japan was playing Colombia at the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, no, it was beautiful. That's awesome. Bogota was a great, very beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a good experience for sure. Got a lot of stamps in the passport then. Oh my god, I got so many stamps on the passport and. <laughs> My current job that I can't really talk about, I'll just say um, that's something that they were looking at. Wow. They're like, oh, look at all, uh, why are you going to all these countries kind of thing. So, <laughs> they're a little concerned about uh, that? <laughs> they were, I'll say they were interested. In oh, okay. Can, can you tell us what you do for that job or is it still, that's still no go-to? It is, I can say that it is um, a type of law enforcement. Okay, that's all, that's that's cool. That, that's awesome. Oh, hey, I have a question also, too, by the way. I forgot sure. to ask, were you in the firefighters in Japan? Because I thought I saw a picture of you in, like, firefighter gear. Yes, yes, I did. I volunteered for them. I was a, I've been a volunteer firefighter. I still am. Oh, okay, cool. Since I was 17, and then I jumped on board when I was over there, too. Oh, so, so what, what was the difference, if I may ask, about like like fire department Japan and fire department the states? Is it like the same thing? Is it very similar? It's extremely different. So firefighters in in America, mm-hmm. they are legitimate firefighters. They yeah. are, we are here in the U.S. We are certified. We go through Fire One. The same training that I got is the same training that Jersey City, a paid fire department, yeah. Gets. We can go into burning buildings. We can put them out. Japan, they're volunteers. They're more like helpers. Okay. Um, it's very rural where we are. So they can get to a, a, a field or a burning field or something like that and put water on it. But if the house is burning, they're not allowed to do anything. They have to wait for the paid fire department. And then they can help out with tr- truck stuff. Or, but they're not actually going in and fighting the fires over there. Gotcha. Very, so that, very interesting. More like helpers. I mean, hey, at least you were safe a little bit. So, yeah, it was just a way to to expand my networking, meet people, and yeah, and keep practicing my Japanese as well. Yeah, that's pretty. That is pretty cool too. Like doing that and staying staying on top of that. Like you said, you volunteered in New Jersey, and you or yeah, and then you you know did the volunteer thing in Japan for it, and you know keeping up with it as well is pretty cool. I I, I admit. Um. So you're doing this job. We could. It was your plea in the fifth on. 
Um, so what, any plans after this? Is it, a, is it like a certain amount of time job or is it like a full-time job or do you have any, what, what are your next plans? My, my next plan is this, this is not a, uh, this is going to be a permanent job. This is going to be a, hopefully a job until I retire. Mm-hmm. But after the three month period, yeah. sorry, my dog was distracting me. It's, it's okay. After my three month period, this three month period is up. I'm going to be able to do my freelance work again. And I mentioned that my mother has mm-hmm. a production company yes. where she still does these different projects. And we just bought, I bought a brand new lighting kit. I bought a brand new 4k camera. Oh, look at you. Um, nice. Yeah. I know. No, if you remember, um, maybe like a year ago, I was asking you about cameras. Do you, yeah, I don't know yeah, if you yeah. remember that. I do remember that. Yeah. Cause I saw you on Facebook. I was like, Oh, he looks, I remember him. You knew a lot about the tech stuff is what I felt. Yeah. So, I think he'll know. He'll be able to tell me what what to get. So um, I hate telling people that too because yeah. I feel really bad. I'm like, I don't get this, but get this. But uh, I just feel bad telling people sometimes. <laughs> no, no, I, I I knew you knew what you were talking about, and then I also talked to some of the people at at work as yeah. well, and I, I s- settled on a Panasonic. Um, again, I can't even remember. Let me see if I have it right here. <laughs> Yeah, here it is. Mm-hmm. I got. Oh no, that's the Sony. <laughs> Which company is it, man? Which company? It is. It is Panasonic. But I'm trying to go through the because you know B and H in New yeah. York. I'm sure you must. Oh uh, yeah, I've been there a handful of times. I love that store. It's like going to Santa's yeah, workshop. That... Oh yeah, and they have like all those shoots flying around above yeah. your head, sending yeah. packages and all. And, that. Have you ever been to Adorama in the city? No, I haven't heard of that. It's it's kind of like the B&H competitor, and they have a little cheaper prices. Um, it, like uh, I think Eamon would... Do, remember Eamon? Yeah, yeah, I, I remember him, absolutely. Eamon, I remember him, say him. Yeah, I remember him saying once in class, I don't know if you were there or not, but he goes, you you look at you look at B&H, or you shop in B&H, you buy an Adorama. Because Adorama will always be a little cheaper. Oh, I wish I knew that. But but funny fun fact about Adorama is that they have the shoots also, but the shoots aren't are concealed in the, the bottom of the store instead of on uh, top of the store. So it's always funny. Like oh, the sh- you just like look and you're like oh shit, the shoot came in. like something came out of the shoot at the bottom. Oh man, yeah, I I'll have to check that out. I've, yeah. I'm not familiar with that one, but yeah, that, the, the camera is it. Okay. It might be. That's not I, bad at all. It's, 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 I mean, not really by each other. It's like a walk. St- I don't remember. Don't know it. Don't quote me. Just, just forget what I said. <laughs> just go to Adorama. <laughs> just try, check it out. I'll check it out. But the, the camera that I ended up getting mm-hmm. was a Panasonic AG UX 180 4K premium professional camera. Nice. Nice. Have you used it yet? It's been great. Yes, I used it for, I filmed a marathon. Oh, cool. marathon called Girls on the Run. Okay. It's to inspire young girls that they can do anything they set their mind to, and they have a 5K run for it, so I filmed that. Great. Um, I filmed some guy who invented some drywall grate that goes in the wall, so I filmed him doing that. So side projects like that, that's my goal yeah. is, 
develop my own production company. I enjoy working on those little side projects. Yeah. Um, do my main job, but after three months, mm-hmm. I'll be allowed to do these freelance and side jobs and uh, get back into the film world. Awesome, man. Look, are you looking forward to it? I am. I am, because I really want to play with that camera a lot more. I haven't filmed anything in 4K yet. Everything's okay. been 1080. There's oh. no need to film. I'm not going to waste my yeah, memory. No. no, definitely. There's And plus, you probably get some great imaging from the 1080 because it's shooting. Like I don't know how this is, but maybe like the sensor's picking up 4K in the input and then outputting the 1080, which gives you a cleaner image as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, so yeah, it could, I, I don't know if it does that, because like, I'm just thinking of... like. Um, for example, this could I again I, I don't know anything about your camera. It has like um the Canon C one hundred uh series, even the C one hundred even the C series in Canon, like the original mm-hmm. line and the I think the secondary line too. It's they have a four K sensor, right? And you don't shoot yeah. you don't shoot you shoot four K, but you're technically shooting ten eighty. But like you're you're inputting the data in four K, so it's the sensor that's picking up all that four K imaging, but it's outputting a ten eighty image, which makes it cleaner. Well, that's that's great. Yeah, I'm glad because that's gonna help me out. Yeah, yeah. So, fun fact for you. Thank you. I'll, I'll try to remember it. Uh, hopefully, you do. Like I said, I'm, I'm not I'm not super super versed on the yeah. the tech side of this. I know how to work a camera. Yeah, give me the camera, and I'll shoot what needs to get done. And you know how to make great images too. So don't 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 shy yourself from that too. Oh yeah. So. Yep, I'll try. How do you like the light uh, kit too? The light kit's good. We didn't go crazy yeah. um, and get something super expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what type it is, but it, okay. it's bright. Nice. Is it LEDs? Um, yeah. I, oh, I absolutely go LED. Yeah. Um, in our in the office, we have the tungsten, and if you have time, just set it up and put all the filters yeah. uh, over it to get the lighting you need. But when you're in the news field, mm-hmm. there's no time for that. No, um, we filmed. No, absolutely not. There, we filmed. Um, what is it? Bannon, Bannon, Steve the, Bannon, the guy who worked with Steve Bannon. Yeah. We went into his hotel room, and he's like, "All right, you guys have uh, thirty minutes." So yeah. thirty minutes includes setting up, interviewing him, and breaking down. Yep. So th- there's really no time. So we fly up. Of course, we're going to use an LED mm-hmm. so that I don't have to keep attaching j- uh, the filters over the top of it. Yeah. You didn't have a top light? Did you have a top light or an LED top light? You're talking about the camera mounted on, on, light? On the camera. Yeah. Yeah. The camera mounted light. Yeah. Because well, I have an LED mounted top light on my camera. I have that too, but I'll only be using that light if I'm going over the shoulder okay. or something like that. But gotcha. if I'm setting up a sit down interview with this with him in his uh, in his hotel room, yeah. I can have that light on, but it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot weaker and it's going to get uh, drained out by the other lights. So I don't even gotcha. bother gotcha, bother gotcha. with that. So just set up the LED lights, mm-hmm. um, set the color, and then we roll and get out of there as quickly as we can. Yep, I know what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, that's news. So, oh yeah, that's news. You one of the craziest things about news is you have no idea what direction the person is coming from. What yeah. a, is a cloud going to fly in front of the sun right as the guy comes out of whatever building he's coming out yep. of? Um, We're going into a house know. and it's a bright day, and you're like your white balance is like 
what, 5,600, and then you go into a house and it's like 32, and you're like, well, this looks really bad. <laughs> yep. And then you're or, like, shit. And like, yeah, that happened to me recently. Oh, yeah, what happened? So we were filming like these 13 days and nights where we give people like, you know, golden tickets basically for the Vegas, to this Vegas Golden Nights thing um, in honor of them, basically. And they get like a, like a gift from it, I guess, um, if that's the correct term. And I'm outside this house, and my reporter's like, okay, we're going to start recording out here, and we'll walk into the house. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. So, you know, it's like 60, it's like probably like 6,300 Kelvin on my, on my camera. And I walk in, and I'm like, well, this is going to suck. And I'm like, because it's dark and like, you know, like, you know, that tungsten lighting inside a house. So I'm like, oh. I'm just like, oh, God. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm turning on my top light, too, and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Stop recording. Stop recording. Yeah, <laughs> yep. That's, that's, you just, in, in those cases, you just got to work with your presets. If I'm yep. going from outside to inside, I'm just doing presets. Yeah. Because you know those ENG cameras, their auto yeah. is just way too slow. The, 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 the issue, too, with, like, my camera, we have, like, a Sony camera, and... I mean, it's not my favorite because we had the pan like a big Panasonic, a bigger Panasonic with B two cards, and the Sony camera, um, the white balance has a, a preset button, like you're saying, it's four different presets, but like, it's just so like, I don't know, I don't, I'd rather just have it dial in, like, a, be able to have manual control over my white balance, you know what I mean? Because I, I, I like personally shooting in like a, around like forty eight hundred Kelvin for my white balance because I feel like it's a perfect blend of like you know, inside and outside. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I wish I could just have it like, you know, set it ready or like, you know, fine tune it like to 4850 or some shit like that. But you can't, it sucks. Yeah. We, we were able, I, I think the camera we had, was called a PDW 700. It's one of those big ass XD yeah. cams. Yeah, yeah. And we were able to fine tune like, I could do like four hundred, four thousand eight hundred and thirty-two. Oh if man, I, I wish I had a camera that way. <laughs> but you're you're not going to be doing that fast. You're going to have yeah. to go into the the camera menu oh, okay. and, and go down to a special area. So it's not going to be fast doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, oh fuck. I mean, if you keep doing it, you could get fast. <laughs> but yeah, that's the that's the job on, yeah. of of news cameraman. A lot of unknown. Yep. A lot of stakeouts. Yeah. Sitting in sitting in a chair. One of our biggest stakeouts was the North Koreans. Whenever they'd shoot a missile, oh, wow. we'd sit outside their um, not consulate. We'd sit outside their embassy. mission, the North Korean mission. Okay. I don't think it's technically an embassy for them. Oh. I think it's called a mission. But we'd sit outside the North Korean mission. Yeah. They'd come out. We'd all swarm them. Say, "Why did you shoot that missile?" They yeah. would like smile at us and keep going. Because they're not allowed to talk to it. <laughs> I never had to do a stakeout like that. That's pretty interesting. Oh, we had to do it all the time for because United Nations is one yeah. of the main reasons we have an office here. Yeah. So we'd be staking out hotels for diplomats yeah. coming in and out. Oh, wow. um, the yeah. So just make sure that one word of advice is. If you have to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom because you never know that, when you're gonna get a chance again. That's the worst, especially like especially in morning live shots too. When you're it's four in the morning out in Vegas and you have nowhere to go and you're in the middle of somewhere and you're like I have to poop. 
that's too that's too bad yeah live shot live shot is priority and we have have four live shots or whatever it is and it's like it's like a lot i'm sorry it's a live shot a tease to a live shot then another tease to a live shot then every half hour and you're like oh my god just give us give me give me the five and the six don't give me the five uh four uh five five thirty six six thirty like i don't want to do this shit right now i gotta go bathroom Well, it sounds like they're they're definitely you're probably a lot more busy than we are because um, Tokyo is technically our head office, so yeah. there's a ton of news going on. We're only a small portion of the the international news, so we'll get a segment if we get a live. Yeah, it's going to be short. The only times where we had live after live after live was the presidential election yeah. that was endlessly going live, oh, or man. if when the prime minister Japanese prime minister met Trump multiple times and played golf, we had to go down to Mar-a-Lago. We rented, we rented from some place in New York, this giant camera lens, bigger than anything I've ever seen. And we sat on top of a hill in Florida, like a big, like a, I don't even want to say what I'm going to say, but with a big camera lens filming them from super far away. Wow. Really? (laughs) That's, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, so there's working for a foreign big company like that, you get to do a, and see a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, the only um, the only stakeout I th- not thinking about it, I did was like for Lamar Odom that I can recall when Lamar Odom um went into coma. Mm-hmm. Uh, he it was in it was in Las Vegas when it happened, or technically he was in like Crystal Cove, or so, I don't remember exactly the, the name of the thing, Crystal, I think. And he was at the Bunny Ranch, one of the Bunny Ranches by Dennis Hoff, who I later on met in life, and actually <laughs> last year, which was pretty funny. Um, uh, but yeah, Lamar Odom basically went back to like this hospital, Sunrise Hospital, and we're all just waiting, mm-hmm. just waiting. We're like, they're like the Kardashians are gonna show up, you know. Someone's going to show up where I all bum rush him and I'm like across the street now from a Denny's and my reporter's over there and I'm talking to the guy from TMZ or some other like um, tabloid outlet and he's like kind of giving me some info and I'm just like kind of minding my own business also at the time and I just see him running to like the corner where the cars are coming out and I follow him and like it's apparently Jesse Jackson and I'm <laughs> I'm going to give my shit, reporter shit right now who used to work there, Parker. And basically, I just see Parker's casually strolling over, like like nothing big's happening. And I'm like trying to like wave him over, and he's like, "Who was that?" He like after it happens, he goes, "Who was that?" I'm like, "Jesse Jackson." Do you not know who that is? He oh didn't know. God. He didn't know who it was. I'm like, "Did you live under a rock?" <laughs> Jesus, that's wild. Yeah. How long was that? Oh, I was like, that was short. Everyone like, like literally bum rusher people over and talking to him. It was crazy. It was, uh, was it 2016, I think it was? Or no, 2015? Maybe? Yeah, 2015-ish. Maybe 2015, 2016. Early 2016, if I'm not mistaken. It was before the election. I know that. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, no, those, those bum rushes, they, they turn into battles. Oh, yeah. On them. Did you, um... That's... Yeah. I was gonna say, did you, like, have, uh, like, did you encounter any other news... Uh, outlets when you were out in the field, did you guys like go, I don't want to talk to you? Or was it like fr- really friendly com- com- camaraderie? When when we were with the, the all the Japanese news outlets, because they're all here, yeah. 
everyone works really well together. Yeah, someone's coming. Yeah. We're, we're going to set up the mic stand. Yeah. We're going to be putting the microphones. We're all going to say, okay, guys, here's the camera line. Let's not bum rush the guy yeah. and everyone will get a shot. Yep. Once the American media joined, that was out the window. So whenever we went to something larger, the American media just did not care about it. They did not care what you were setting up. Yeah. Everyone is about my shot, my shot, my shot. Yeah. Bum rush, and you knew it was a battle. It, um, it's funny because, like, out here, the, it's very, it's very, like, you know, we're all cool with each other in the morning. Like, all the guys on every station are pretty cool with each other. So we kind of do the same thing where we're like, all right, hey guys, where do you want to set up the interview with the PIO, you know, or, like, you know, the police uh, inspect, um, or the watch commander, whoever it is, we're going to interview at that time. And we're like, all right, well, let's set them up here. And we don't like bum rush each other or anything like that. I think the only time I saw that was like when we had October 1st happen. Yeah. It's, I, I think it might also be the culture of this yeah. area. You were that's, in New York and New yeah. Jersey. No, that's we're all true savages too. Over here. Yeah, you got, everyone's a hustler out in New York, New Jersey. I tell people that all the time. Are a lot of the um, the cameramen over by you um, in house or freelance? Uh, no, it's, um, there's about fourteen of us at our station, I think, and they're all in house. There's no, there's no really freelance people. I don't think there is. I always told when I started that like freelance is a no go out in our state with or out in our station because like they don't want that or some shit like that. So I'm not too sure exactly how that works. If there is any freelance, because I never met one out and about. Well, that that could contribute to why people are more hostile over here because yeah. most of the news cameramen that I'm running into are freelancing and bouncing around, so they need to get their yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, makes sense. So it brings that element. I was in-house. All yeah. the Japanese cameramen are in-house, but a lot of the American media was freelancing for that time. Um, gotcha. Cameramen are handing out their business cards at shoots, um, like, yo, if you need a... Yeah. Freelancer, please look me up and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Shit, man. See some wild stuff in New York. Yeah, you see, you see some wild stuff in general and like if you work morning news too. So trust me, I've, I've, I feel like I've seen a nice fair yeah. share of wild shit. Like I've seen car crashes. I've seen dead people. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen it all. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. We, like, we were, we filmed, um, I guess the big terrorist attacks that I filmed was, I filmed that guy who rammed a bunch of people in that truck in Times Square. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That must be nuts. Or that car it was. Yeah, that must be nuts. I filmed the guy. There was a guy downtown who rammed a bunch of people with a Home Depot truck, oh, yeah. and then you had they, you had that guy in yeah, and he hit a school bus too. And then you have the guy in Port Authority bus terminal who blew up. He had a pipe bomb. Don't know about that one. He, he detonated in. He only hurt, ended up hurting himself. But then again, that's another. That's all going to be live shots and sitting outside that area and filming it. So going back a little bit on track, real quick too. So you're doing after this three months uh, at this job you can't talk about. You're going to freelance with mm-hmm. your mom, basically. Um, any do you know any fun projects that your mom's like going to pick up soon, or anything that you know that's in the works that you can talk about, if anything, or are you just waiting for that? see what happens. I'm just waiting. I really don't, I'm not up to date mm. on, cause she's still doing her own projects and yeah. she'll be using the cam other cameramen yeah. for that, that time period. So yeah. 
I'm not super up to date, mm-hmm. but yeah. Cool. But that's pretty much where I'm at. Nice, man. And let me ask you this. What's your social media, if I may ask, so people know uh, what where to follow you or where to check you out? Um, I don't really have my Facebook. I don't really have – I don't do – Sir, he's getting upset. Oh, okay. Well, tell, um, tell him we're wrapping up, though, so he shouldn't worry. <laughs> Moose, we're almost done. You'll get your walk, and everything will be okay. But, um, yeah, no, I don't have Twitter. I don't have any of that. Um, I don't really have anything to check out. Maybe yeah. in the future I will, but okay, just my story. Yeah, man, it was a great story. Thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast, by the way. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, And thank you guys again for listening. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Also, remember, like I said in the beginning of the show, we have a Patreon page. And if you want to be a part of that, I I got great plans for the future of the podcast. Like I'm always telling you guys, like live streaming, I really wanted you one day, hopefully. And also, shirts. I still want you shirts, guys. Uh, So again, I can't do it without the love and support of you guys. And also, thank you to the guys, again, who aren't on Patreon, uh, subscribed on Patreon. Thank you for just listening. It means a lot to me. And you guys are my hashtag frame chasers, so welcome to the fr- family, Frank, being the hashtag frame chaser you are. So, welcome. Uh, so thank again, you. Yeah. So, again, guys, uh, thank you again. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. We'll catch you hopefully next Wednesday on Chasing the Frame. Sayonara. If that's the cor- Is that the correct term? Can I use that? Yes, All that's right. fine. That's perfect. Sweet. <laughs> I had to segue <laughs> that in somehow. The sign, Nara, guys. Peace. <laughs>